It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to BGN Radio. Thrown out to the far side of the bubble screen and running in for the touchdown is Jeremy Macklin. Right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly. Mm. And part of the Liberty Broadcast Network. An official episode number 78 as uh, we are rolling right along here with the uh, continuing draft coverage even though i know the super bowl isn't here but hey you know we're out of the playoffs so it, it, not much else to talk about we'll, we'll get into some uh eagles things but we just want to get you prepared for all those that want to watch the east west shrine game and help our good friend dave mangles achieve uh good ratings over the weekend so uh, with that uh, i bring in the beautiful and the wonderful mr mike k how are you sir well hello uh, and of course, uh, we are very happy to have this episode taking some time. He is down at the East West Shrine Game taking notes and putting uh, wonderful vines from the real GM and uh, one of the uh, featured columnists for the Detroit Lions over at Bleacher Report, Mr. Jeff Risden. He'll be uh, joining us here shortly. But uh, Mike, some semi-related to Eagles news is the Jets finally decided uh, to uh, bring in the uh, 2012 uh, best defensive coordinator along with the, I mean, Probably the best Eagles uh, defense known to man, uh, Mr. Todd Bowles, is uh, heading to New York. Um, I, I guess that's kind of, you know, it, it seems to be that a lot of the uh, the beat writers around here think he's he's going to be successful. I don't know. I know Moser said something like, well, if he can't win in, uh, in, with the Jets, then nobody can type of thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, just your thoughts on that as him being a head coach now. Well, having been out here in Arizona for the entire tenure of his his defensive coordinatorship uh, under Bruce Arians, I, I'll tell you, I, I've been amazed at the job he did uh, the last two years, especially this year when he had injuries aplenty. He lost Patrick Peterson for a time. He lost Tony Jefferson for a time, I believe. He lost. Uh, he definitely lost the Honey Badger for a while. Daryl Washington got in trouble. Uh, you had John Abraham, who was huge the last the year before, was out with concussions for most of the year. He lost Calais Campbell for a while. Like they, 
literally lost everybody. And unlike the offense, when they lost three quarterbacks, were able to still play well as a unit. And I think that speaks to the character of his coaching and his leadership. And, you know, he's paid his dues in the league. He's been a coordinator. He's been a position coach everywhere. He's an interim head coach with the Dolphins after Sperano got fired there. And then he went to the Eagles. And a lot of people viewed him as the successor to Andy Reid. And I was all for that um, until, obviously, the season that happened. But um, I think it was a good hire by the Jets. I don't know if it was a good uh, job acceptance by Bowles. I mean, if, if he had the option of going to Atlanta, I know there was a second interview opportunity there. I would have taken that offense and just fixed the defense because you're a defensive-minded guy. But right now, he's looking at a defense that has an amazing front seven terrible uh back end and then he's got an offense that has eric decker and a bunch and like three really good offensive linemen and that's pretty much it (laughs) and uh and obviously the the quarterback uh is very much in question there as well and speaking of which let's have a quick uh whatever it takes no thanks update as the other news that came out of that was chan gailey is is going to become the offensive coordinator there um, so everybody in the everybody in the AFC East there is just you know switching guys and hopefully it's it's uh, it takes off a, a, a little better than I don't know their former employer which is always weird but we had mentioned off here that could be you know I think the the bottoming out of of where probably Marcus might fall you think Jen Gailey would be a huge fan of Marcus Mariota oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I think he'd love to get him in space. I don't know if you remember uh, when he was the offensive coordinator in uh, Kansas City, uh, he brought up Tyler Thigpen, who had to start because there was a ton of injuries. And um, he got 18 touchdowns and and 10 interceptions out of him. He threw for a bunch of yards. Really actually had an okay year. Um, Thigpen was a mobile quarterback out of Coastal Carolina, uh, you know, who was able to really – excelled because of the way Chan Gailey gets his quarterback in space out of the pocket, moving, um, hitting targets quickly. Uh, you know, it's a very run oriented scheme. Um, and I, I think that would help Mariota at the next level. I think that's a, a way to sell yourself. If you're a guy like Chan Gailey, who has kind of flustered out in Kansas city and at, as the head coach of Georgia tech and, uh, obviously, um, with the bills. So, yeah, I think that could be interesting if they bring in a guy like C.J. Spiller. That could be uh, Mariota's best friend, and um, you know he got he got seventeen thousand total. I mean, seventeen hundred total yards out of uh, Spiller one year. Yeah. So you know he, he's not some doofus that they're just hiring. It's not like the the Redskins who just hired the guy who's the defensive coordinator for the zero and sixteen uh, Detroit Lions. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I mean. It, I think it's an inspire. It's not an inspiring hire, but if they can get Mariota, I think that's probably the second best place for Mariota to go. To go. Uh, and, and moving on from that, in you know we're we're getting into uh, the East West uh, Shrine Game talk here because there is you know the thing about these games is it's hard to imagine any of these guys really coming out there and and you know blowing your doors off or anything. But there are some potential players that you know, could to, could develop into something nice here. Um, I don't really have any statistics as far as, like, Mike, do you have a like, rough estimate of how many of these guys actually become, like, you know, great starters or pros that come out of the East-West Shrine game? Normally it's about half of the team gets drafted 
um, in the later rounds. Then a lot of guys are undrafted free agents last year. You had Philip Gaines, the cornerback from Rice. Uh, you had uh, def- the defensive tackle from Syracuse, Jay Bromley. And then you also had, uh, obviously, the quarterback from East Illinois, Eastern Illinois, uh, uh Garoppolo, who all played into the third round, which yeah. is kind of un- not uncommon, but it it, it happens uh, where you get a guy that goes up into the third round, and you know we'll talk to Jeff Risden about that, about guys he could see as possible risers, but it is possible, and you know if these guys have good games, they sometimes get promoted to the senior bowl. That's what happened with Garoppolo, and uh, you know he let the uh, draft Twitter world on fire with that. So <laughs> there are there are a couple of guys that can roughly come in and become starters. You know, uh, there was, there was a few guys that were signed by the Eagles, uh, that were, that were in the game last year. I believe Daytonian low, uh, Donald Hawkins. And, uh, I want to say Bo Allen was in the game last year. Uh, you know, don't hold me to that, but let's check that real quick. Yes. Yes, indeed. Mr. Bo Allen was there. So that, yeah, that led him to, Senior Bowl and and all that other good stuff too. And the, another man that's you know basically obsessed with football. Thank God because he needs to be with the uh, new uh, GM structure. Uh, Chip Kelly on the move already at the uh, NFLPA Bowl yesterday. He's uh, down at the East West Shrine Game today, and um, you know it, it, you can say pretty much anything about you know his faults and all that stuff. One thing you can't say about Chip Kelly is he definitely loves the process of football, all things here. You know he's very hands on. Um, I know he was talking to uh, Brandon Bridge. His name keeps coming up now that it's been kind of floated out there. And, you know, is that um, obviously that's not going to be this weekend. But, Mike, I know that you've had, you know, a quarterback here that you're a big fan of. And he got me as a a fan here as well. Uh, Tell us about uh, the Old Dominion faithful here. Yeah, Taylor Hanecki, um, really great feet, really good pocket presence, able to scramble very well. Um, he won the Walter Payton Award as a sophomore uh, for the best player in FCS. Uh, and, you know, he's, he's a four-year starter. Um, he, he's been able to create a nice resume for himself. Uh, I believe he ha- had a college career where he had 132 touchdowns and 39 interceptions which is kind of crazy. He rushed for over a thousand yards during his college career. Um, you know, he's, he's going to be a developmental prospect. He's a guy you're probably going to want to take in the fifth, sixth, seventh round and develop into your third guy. He's could be the guy that Matt Barkley should have been, um, you know, and maybe, maybe he can eventually, uh, come up and be a, a really prime backup or, potentially a starter I think he's the type of guy that is so accurate um both on the run and in the pocket and uh you know I think we'll speak to Jeff a little bit more about this but he does have um some intangibles that I think uh teams are going to really like he for from all accounts he seems to be a very good guy um I've talked to a lot of people that go to Old Dominion and and they've been very praiseworthy of him um and you know you can't you can't fault the experience in college. He's had experience being a leader and being a quarterback since day one there. So while it is a small school, they did move to FBS this year. And, um, you know, he didn't have a lot around him and still made the most of it. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> the one thing I was checking on him was, and it really doesn't mean anything, but he was playing New Hampshire. So that's a, that's a little uh, Chip Kelly, uh, you know, uh, connection there. Uh, 64 to 61, the game ended that he won 700 yards plus and five touchdowns. <laughs> so you know that's always that's always fun, and I know a lot of people are going to rip on 
on his arm strength and and all that other stuff. But I I think it's I think he it, just like Mike was saying, like he's a better prospect than anything that you have on the roster, and that's the same way I feel about Brandon Bridge as well. And joining us right now on the Duncan Philly Hotline, and we are proud to have him as he is down there vigorously taking notes and uh, capturing some sweet vines from practice from the East West Shrine Game. It's the senior NFL draft writer from Real GM and uh, Detroit Lions featured columnist at the Bleacher Report. It's Mr. Jeff Risden. Jeff, how are you, buddy? Very good. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Thanks for uh, coming down. You know, it's been a a busy weekend for you, and uh, for uh, pretty much every other team uh, except for maybe four of them, we're all, <laughs> we've all moved on to the draft. So, um, you know, is there somebody there uh, that you had maybe an impression positively or negatively uh, or somewhere in between that is, kind of caught your eye in one way or the other yeah there's a few guys one of the guys who, who everybody was watching was Devin Gardner the former Michigan quarterback who's playing wide receiver here uh and he did play some wide receiver at Michigan too and it shows because there, there are times where it looks like he's a very natural receiver uh in terms of, of the ability to, to use his body to, to create space and run routes but at the same time he's he had a lot of balls playing off of his pads and he just doesn't always get his head and shoulders around to, to locate the ball well. So it's a growth process, but I think by and large, he's impressing the teams that are looking at him. Uh, and he's, he's a wonderful guy. Everybody who talks to him just absolutely loves him and raves about him. So he's a guy that's probably, you know, you don't obviously want him as a quarterback. He wasn't even worthy of starting at Michigan. But uh, in terms of converting the wide receiver, he's one of the, the better guys who's going to make that switch in recent years. Uh, Jeff, uh, you brought up Gardner. Uh, I know that there was a lot of reports that a lot of teams were talking to him. Were the Eagles one of them? Yeah, they have. Uh, well, one of the things is pretty much everybody talks to everybody at some point in the process. It just happens to be a matter of timing and, and who sees it, who doesn't. Uh, I, I, I'm just leaving the team hotel now, in fact, uh, and there was a lot of action where, where guys were pulling people just before they leave for the practice. So, yeah, th- there's certainly some interest there. Uh, he's a guy who's going to be an outside receiver at the next level. Uh, you know, Chip Kelly is down here today. He wasn't down here earlier, and, and he was he was certainly right on the sideline looking at the wide receiver versus cornerback and safety drills. So uh, he, he, they certainly have his attention. And, you know, yeah, you had mentioned and tweeted out earlier that, uh, indeed, Chip Kelly was, was busy with the, the offensive linemen. Is there anybody this weekend that uh, you think has a, a real shot to be something special at the next level? I don't know about special, but I think you can find some functional guys here. Uh, Darian Miller, the tackle from Kentucky, has played very well. He's a guard at the next level. Uh, does just doesn't have the the lateral movement and agility to mirror on the outside, but has, has done very well in drills uh, and looks good. And, and he has played a little bit of guard in the past too, so he's a guy that's worth watching. Uh, John Miller is a guard and tackle from Louisville, who uh, he fits the profile of a guy who can be your sixth lineman. Uh, he, he's capable of playing either guard position or right tackle, has some power, uh, keeps his pads well. So he's a guy uh, on the West team. The, the offensive line isn't as, as polished, but their, their centers are very good on the West team. Uh, you got Greg Mangs from Toledo, who's, who's very good and absolutely fits the, the Chip Kelly profile. Uh, if you can't get Hronis Grassu from, from Oregon, who, who was a Kelly recruit there, uh, Manx is the next best thing you can hope for. He's a guy who's, He's probably going to go in the fourth or fifth round, but but I'm going to grade him higher than that. Uh, just an incredible mover. Gets out to the second level and, and engages people. He's, he's fairly light. He's only at about 292 pounds, but a, a very agile, adept player. Uh, B.J. Finney from Kansas is an, Kansas State is another one who, who's done very well and, and will definitely get drafted in the middle rounds and, 
and is a guy who can absolutely start at the next level. Jeff, uh, a guy that we're really excited about, and I know that you were excited about prior to the process, uh, William & Mary wide receiver Trey McBride. How has he looked out out there uh, this week? He's been kind of uneven. He's had, he's had his moments. Uh, he certainly runs very good routes. Uh, and when, when it's weird, he's one of those guys that can make the difficult catch, but has struggled to make the easy catch. Uh, and that, that's generally a sign of nerves, unless you're Braylon Edwards and just can't catch. Uh, and I don't <laughs> think he's that. I, I, I think there's, there's real talent there. He's not, he doesn't do a lot in terms of speed. Uh, he, he's fairly pedestrian in speed and quickness. Uh, more of, more of a, a number three receiver. I actually just wrote about him. Uh, I, I think he's, He's your third outside receiver on a good team, but he can do very well at that. And he's shown that he can block in team drills too, which is important. That's something that I know a lot of scouts look at. Uh, it shows effort. It shows dedication. It shows commitment to the, the craft. And he, he's definitely shown that. And, you know, one of the uh, the guys that uh, Mike got me interested in, and, and I'm sure there's been, there's been a lot of back and forth as far as what he may be able to do. And I know you mentioned that he's probably the only guy here that could be a starting quarterback in the NFL that's going to be in this game. And that's uh, Tyler, or excuse me, Taylor Hineke. Uh, uh Old Dominion, small school. Obviously, it's, you know, it, it's kind of hard to judge as far as, as that goes. And there's been kind of some guys in between. Some guys don't like his arm so much. Some guys, you know, think it's going to be okay. What do you see out there from him? Well, he's not a big armed guy. He's he's a four year starter at a at a program that moved from the FCS level to the FBS level, uh, and did not have a lot of support around him. You could tell in watching their games that there's just not the talent level there. Uh, and he played very hard. He, he's smart. He's quick. He's a good mover. Uh, he's he's pretty accurate, especially throwing ball outside. Um, he doesn't have a great arm, but it's good enough. Uh, he's got a better arm than Colt McCoy, uh, and that that would be that would be the guy. I, that would be the guy I would compare him to most in terms of stylistically. Now he's right-handed and not left-handed, but uh, he plays with a similar style and, and has a little bit more zip on his passes. Uh, really hard-nosed kid, good competitor, has shown a lot of leadership skills here. Uh, very very likable young man. Uh, very quick to, to interview with people. He, he's been in big demand. Uh, on the interview circuit with, with both the media people like me and with the teams. He's uh, the you know, we're going to, oh, sorry. He, he's a guy that looks like a, a sixth or seventh round pick that, you know, you hope he can be your backup for a few years, but probably not want to play. I wouldn't want him on the field before 2017. Let's put it that way. <laughs> As, you know, one of the things that stood out to me about him is his accuracy and his footwork. Has that been on display this week? Yeah, definitely. Um, one of the things, going back to Russell Wilson a little bit when he was at the Senior Bowl, one of the things that really stood out about Russell Wilson was that his heels never touched the ground. Uh, when you're a shorter quarterback, that's important. Uh, and you see that from Heineke, too. He, he's always on his toes. He's very, very quick to go in any direction. He can climb the ladder in the pocket, which is important. Uh, and he also releases the ball pretty high, which is good because he's only six one and uh you know, I'm I'm a lot bigger than that. I happen to be six five, but uh, he looks he looks smaller than six one to me, uh, and that's going to be a turnoff for some teams as well. Although he is the biggest quarterback on the East, uh, but but again, you're competing against Anthony Boone from Duke and and Hudson Mason from from Georgia, who are simply not NFL caliber talents. So uh, that that probably makes him look a little bit better than what he really is. And you know, Jeff, we've I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, in here in Philadelphia, there's been uh, uh, we'll call it a large quarterback controversy, problem, things of that nature. 
Yeah, just a wee bit. <laughs> so we've been, uh, you know, I, I think everybody in sports radio here, everybody that's, you know, had anything, and of course, the obvious draw is is Marcus Mariota here. I know you have some thoughts on him going into the NFL, uh, but I mean, really, is, is he worth all all the glitz and glamour that a lot of people here in Philadelphia think of? You know, trying to trade extraordinary uh, amount of picks to go up and get this guy, or, or do you have some concerns there? Uh, he's probably worth it and if you need a quarterback right now because this draft class is absolutely atrocious at quarterbacks. You have Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston and nobody else who belongs in the top three rounds. Uh, and that includes Brett Hundley from UCLA, who's going to get a lot of love and who's going to come off the board around where the Eagles pick in the first round. Uh, and I'll tell you right now, you, you better hope it's not him in Philadelphia because you're not going to like it. Uh, he, Mariota is, I do have some, some reservations about moving up that high for him just on his skill. Uh, he, he tends to cut the field in half and you can't do that in the NFL. It's been proven that, you know, I don't want to, the, the obvious, uh, <laughs> the obvious analogy is Blaine Gabbard and how he played in Missouri. Uh, he's clearly better than Blaine Gabbard. I don't want any any misconstruation there. Nope, you but can't go back he, now. We got you on yeah, record. Yeah. <laughs> he uh, he makes a lot of very simple reads, uh, and I want to see him be able to to read more of the field longer on plays uh, because the way that Oregon's offense runs in the NFL, I think you've seen it in Philadelphia. It just you just can't go that fast. And I think actually going that fast has gotten him, gotten him into some bad habits. He doesn't necessarily read the defense all that well because they're so hell-bent on getting the snap off quickly that he's going with his first option, and if that's not there, he's going with his second pre-snap option, and that's, that's all he has to do. You cannot do that in the NFL. He's going to have to learn to be more patient and, and read what the defense is giving him uh, after the snap, which I don't think he does all that well yet. So there's going to be, there's going to be some time you know, needed for him to, to figure those things out. But in terms of physical talent, he's a great thrower. He's he's pretty accurate. I'd like to see him hit guys in stride a little bit better. Uh, he doesn't do that as well as, as some other quarterbacks do, uh, especially high-level quarterbacks. I think he's got to work on that some. Uh, but, you know, his, his ability to run and create and, and buy time with his speed is, is phenomenal. And that's something that with Philadelphia's offensive line the way it is, you know, you got to certainly be intrigued by that. In terms of trading up for him, uh, just looking from afar, uh, that that defensive backfield is awful. And if you're trading a lot of assets to get him, you're not fixing the worst part of your team. And I think that that's a real issue, uh, especially in a division where you've got Odell Beckham and you've got Des Bryant and you've got maybe Robert Griffin throwing to, to some decent talents wide receivers in Washington. Uh, you're very exploitable on the back end. And if you're trading, you know, two firsts, two seconds, and a third, which is what the price will be to get up to get Mariota, you're not going to fix any of the other problems on your team. And I'm just not sold that, that that's a worthy investment. You know, obviously he's better than anything you've got at quarterback, but uh, at what cost? Uh, yeah, it's um, – I, I, I mean, that's always been brought up, in a, and I think that there's been a – the, the the debate will never end as far as you know quarterback or cornerback or secondary and any of that good stuff. So uh, it, it it'll be interesting to see. But Jeff, we uh, appreciate your perspective here, and uh, good luck this weekend. And we'll be definitely uh, uh, following your tweets uh, wisely 
as uh, we head into the East-West Shrine game here. Yeah, we're having a lot of fun. Everybody tune into the game and uh, uh, check me out on Twitter. I'm posting vines and, and all kinds of stuff during the, this week. And, and it's, it's been a lot of fun down here seeing uh, seeing a lot more NFL scouts here this year than in the years past. So it's, it's, it's a very good good time to evaluate some players. Excellent. Jeff Risden from the Real GM and the Bleach Report. Thank you much for your time right here on uh, BGN Radio, my friend. All right, thank you. And once again, uh, big thank you to uh, Jeff Risden for joining us. Hopefully uh, we can get him to if, – yeah, if we should probably get him for the Senior Bowl too. He's a really great guy, great follow. Go follow him on Twitter, simply just at Jeff Risden. That's R-I-S-D-O-N. And, you know, he says uh, a, a lot of – a lot of makes a lot of great points, especially with Mariota. The only thing that I'll disagree with Jeff on, and again, and this is this probably is another ongoing debate that some of us haven't solved, but I, I just really don't understand it, Mike. The secondary, yes, it's bad, absolutely, could not agree more with that, and and that's a definite need from safety to cornerback and on. But I don't think it's what cost this Eagles team games, you know, and a lot of that comes from the cornerback position. Some of that comes from uh, Shady McCoy. However, you want to, you know, justify it. They led the league in turnovers. There has to be more talent there. You know, I know that even me at some points thought, well, this team is good enough to go ahead and and move on, but not when you're turning the ball all over like this. So, you know, are, are, did you weigh in any differently there? Of yeah, you know, we don't we don't have to have the same Mariota debate, but. If he push comes to shove here, are, are, do, would you prefer them to go defense heavy over uh, stacking up the offense here? No, I'd prefer they stack up the offense. I want to make strength, the strength, the strength, the strength. You know right. what I mean? I, I feel like that's the only way you're going to overcome this defense. The amount of snaps it plays is never going to be in the top half of the league in in most categories. It's just it's not going to happen. So, um, you know, it's just it's a thing where you're you're looking at do we make our weakness a strength and then take away from making the offense better to me uh i might be in the minority but i don't think the offense was that great i I really like wide receiver everybody but macklin's upgradable in my opinion um running back they need to really get the running back situation intact because no matter who's the quarterback there the running game is is basically what makes chip kelly's offense run um you know, tight end, they got rid of Zach. They didn't use Zach Ertz for half the season, and yep. then they finally decided to unleash him once they were, you know, in playoff contention. It's a very um, interesting offseason for this team because I feel like veteran-wise, you should be signing defensive free agents and building the offense with youth, if that makes any sense. So what my plan would be is you you sign a, a safety, you sign a corner, uh Maybe you sign uh, another wide receiver and maybe, uh, you know, a, you know, gadget player. So those are four guys, right? Mm -hmm. Then you go into the draft. You draft a wide receiver like Sammy Coates or or Kevin White. Which, by the way, I just got to say, I think, you know, after we've we've watched a little bit of tape on Sammy Coates and gotten a little deeper on that, man, oh, man, do I think he's going to be a fast riser. Holy crap. And I hope he's there at 20 because that that to me – and this, and for no particular reason, I know a lot of people are on the you know the Trey Wayne's bad bandwagon, and I'm not even sure if he gets down there in the first place. I don't think he's a bad player. I have a stigma, and trust me, I've suffered through a lot of Big Ten defense crap, you know. <laughs> so I, I I have that stigma, Mike, of I don't want to, I don't even want to bother with a Big Ten defensive guy that high. And I don't is that is that a terrible thing to hold on to? 
I mean, it's kind of the same thing with like USC and quarterbacks and all that stuff. Well, I mean, you know, I think that you look at it both ways. Like if you look at a guy, uh, um, a running back from Alabama, you're, uh, you're more pressed to like him. If you look at a, uh, a linebacker from Alabama, or a linebacker from Miami, you might say, oh, well, that sounds good. If you look at an offensive lineman from Wisconsin or Iowa, okay, sign me up. You know, on the uh, on the opposite end, you're looking at quarterback, like you said, from USC, or, you know, uh, it's kind of a 50-50 thing with wide receivers from Georgia Tech. you got to be very wary of what goes on there. Um, you could have your Calvin Johnsons or your, or your Demarius Thomases, but you could also have your Stephen Hills. Um, you know, I, I feel like stereotypes happen for a reason, and and it's based on recruiting. I mean, there's recruiting patterns, you know, so you're not technically wrong. And I think Wayne's is a much better prospect than uh, Denard last year, who who pretty much could only Absolutely. play press. Yeah, uh, Wayne Wayne's can play in space. See, I you know he, I had the notion because I watched a lot of tape on him where he was only successful with press, and then I saw some more videos on draft breakdown that they put up and he did okay in space. I mean, I, you know, I have no problem with him playing off, but the issue with the Eagles is they want a bunch of press corners that can play in space. And that's a very hard thing to find, especially when they're six foot one or six foot two and are not and, and become awkward athletes because they're in a position where they're probably not geared towards, you know, Richard Sherman wasn't amazing. His, his rookie year, he was good, but he wasn't amazing. You know, you've got to have these guys that they adjust. Um, and like I was saying about the draft plan, I think you take a guy, a wide receiver, um, you know, or you take an offensive lineman who can who who can help make the offense better, and then maybe in the third round you take a running back, and then you focus the later rounds on defense because honestly, this draft class, the strengths are wide receiver, running back, and both lines, and the Eagles need to hit on those because you're not going to get better by taking a cornerback in the fourth round that should, would be a seventh round pick in any other draft. Um, which is another reason why I'm okay with trading most of this draft for Mariota, if that's the case. I, I think most of the Eagles' weaknesses are terrible in this draft. So you're looking at a situation where, oh, let's take the best of the worst because we need we need to solve these, you know, we need to fill these holes. But you've got a you've got maybe the best free agency class ever coming out for safety, cornerback, and wide receiver, and you can plug those holes there. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be. You know, we're always going to be going back and forth uh, up until March and April and, and, and May and all that good stuff. But um, for those of you who are panicked that he may or may not come out uh, as we're doing this right now, Marcus Mariota has declared officially that he will be in the NFL draft. So, um, you know, we're going to keep uh, we're going to keep this going. Of course, we'll be have, um, you know, uh, a lot of different uh, Eagles takes as they come along with all the news that comes out and um, hopefully they, you know, they get on this GM train soon because that's making me a little nervous here. But uh, a big thank you to uh, Jeff Risden once again uh, and go just check him out on Twitter at Jeff Risden for uh, all the East-West Shrine Game stuff. And of course, for myself, John Barchard, for Mike Kay, we thank you so much for listening to this episode of BGN Radio right here on LibertyBroadcast.co and BleedingGreenNation.com. Good night, Brett Hunley. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network.